When I first met Pam Walker, her church had a small closet in the church that had a few canned goods in it. She had a heart to do more, and today you're going to hear her story of how that small food closet turned into the multifaceted compassion ministry that she serves and leads in Bastrop, Louisiana. We want to thank you for joining us again for another version of Three Questions and a Story. It's been tremendous to be able to travel around Louisiana and connect and hear some story from some of our great ministries. Uh, today we have uh, one of our long-term servants in Compassion Ministry, Pam Walker, who serves and lives in Bastrop. We're going to tell a little bit about her story. She actually serves as Association Compassion Missionary in the northwest, uh, northeast area and Morehouse Parish and Morehouse Parish. Morehouse right? Parish. Exactly. Right. Mm-hmm. Sorry about that. I know what you do and where you do. I just forgot the name. But anyway, Pam, we want to welcome you. Tell us a little bit about yourself, Pam. Thank you. I was born and raised in Morehouse Parish. I'm a resident of Bastrop. Uh, lived there most of my life. Went to school there. And then after high school, um, came to Monroe to to attend Northeast Louisiana University for a year. And then after that, the guy I was dating... He and I had been talking about marriage, and we knew that serving the Lord was going to be a big part of our lives, and we had both already committed our lives to the Lord's service. Um, so we transferred to Louisiana College and got married while we were students at Louisiana College, and my husband became a associate pastor and minister of education and youth, served in several different roles in churches in Louisiana, Texas, and Alabama. And then we moved back to Bastrop in 2006 when our parents, or my parents, uh, had begun aging and Mm -hmm. and needed our care. So we came back to Morehouse Parish. And um, during a time when our community was changing, um, I had been running a food pantry out of a closet at First Baptist Church. And um, we lost two large industries there in Morehouse Parish. And it really devastated our economy, had a lot of poverty and a lot of people leaving town so the need for food continued to grow and um, I partnered with the Northeast Louisiana Food Bank for receiving the food and qualifying people based on income and we had a lot of persons who qualified but I ran out of space I ran out of money to buy the food so working with Jeff He helped lead me through the process of opening up a thrift store to generate revenue. It was a little bit of the blind leading the blind because you were (laughs) new and I was new in the role. And so we sort of figured it out together, but opened your first um, retail space and um, it really did very well, almost surprisingly. It did. Opened up for two days a week um, in 2012. And uh, now we have expanded and moved to a larger location. Um, and we're open five days a week. We were open six days a week before the pandemic, but uh, now we're open Monday through Friday and are still just going and blowing strong and are serving people um, food in, in every week right? in a lot of ways. So, so you make a little revenue from, right. the, from the thrift sale that turns into other ministries like you mentioned food. Tell us a little bit about that and then some of the other things you get to do out of the Karen Hope Center. We should have mentioned that earlier. Yeah, Karen Hope Ministry. Um, we do qualify people based on income. It is the USDA-sponsored program through the Northeast Louisiana Food Bank. It's available all over the United States. 
Um, but people that are the neediest of the needy are the ones that qualify to come. We supply a box of a very generous box of food uh, once a month to each family. And um, out of that, we've also developed ways to minister. We have uh, ministered to people who have gone through crisis by giving them free clothing, free household goods, um, by vetting them through their crisis process, uh, even some referrals through civic organizations there in Bastrop or from other churches when they mm-hmm. know uh, that people are in need. And you'd be surprised just something like people coming in and they've lost a loved one and they don't have any money to buy clothes. And we let them uh, get a couple of outfits to wear to a funeral or something like mm-hmm. that. Or, or um, you know, they've lost a job. There's been several ladies especially that have gotten jobs where they need to wear scrubs. And that's one of the things that we have donations for. And so I've told them, well, here, get you three sets of scrubs and that'll get you started. I've got one lady that she started working for the school board in the cafeteria. You know, and she came to me. She said, "Pam, I just don't have anything to wear." Right. And she still thanks me every time she comes <laughs> into the thrift store for those scrubs that I gave her. So your thrift store is right here on the main uh, street or main retail space in Bastrop, and mm-hmm. it's, it's clearly known by the community that this is a place to buy a secondhand pair of shoes, but also a place for ministry. I mean, it's clear that ministry flows out of that place in the times that I've been there. One of the things you mentioned uh, a little bit earlier was the um, Christmas backpack program you do through the ministry and through your church. Why don't you tell us a bit about that? That's an exciting thing to be a part of. Um, the River uh, Mississippi River Ministries um, serves compassion ministries on either side of the Mississippi River for up to 100 miles because typically that's the most impoverished area in the United States is people that live on either side of the Mississippi River. Well, they contact churches and ask them to prepare field backpacks that are age appropriate and also gender appropriate. And in May, well, actually in April, we have to fill out these forms requesting how many backpacks we want to give out. And then through the year, they go around asking churches to, mostly WMU organizations, to fill those backpacks to fill this need. And then we get the backpacks in the middle to late November, and then we plan our distribution date for sometime around the 1st of December so that they can get those for Christmas and have them as some of them. That's the only Christmas present they get. Mm -hmm. But it'll be filled with toys, school supplies, some uh, snack items, some clothing, uh, blankets, hand gloves, you know, uh, maybe some socks and underwear and things like that. Just really a necessities for children, but yet it's a great backpack for them to carry to school. Now, when I do my distribution, I have a big service. I have all the parents and their children come to the distribution, and we do some sort of a Christmas program, or we'll do a presentation of the gospel message in a way that will really stick with the children to have a positive impact in spreading the gospel. So there's always the opportunity to do the four things that are important in Compassion Ministry, which is meet needs, build trust relationships, share the gospel, and somehow connect people to the local church. Right. And so who you are, what you do, and why you do it, it's pretty evident. But you were going to tell us a story that started out kind of negative that turned into real positive. It gives a good example of how the ministry goes there at Care and Hope. Yeah, like we said, sometimes ministry is messy. And we had this lady who, when she comes to get her food, she's never in a very good mood. Bless her heart. Mm-hmm. But she was picking up her box, and she was picking up the boxes for two other people. And she was in a pickup truck, and she wanted the boxes placed in the rear end of the pickup. And it was noticeable to me that she had had some sort of a collision along the fender side, on the, on the driver's side. 
And so she got her boxes and she left and then she came back about 30 minutes later and she said, your boy, when he put that box in my truck, he broke my tail light. And it obviously was not all the way in, but yet she just yelling, 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 so upset and everything. I said, ma'am, I'll fix it. I'll pay to get it fixed. I knew that we hadn't done anything wrong. I knew that we hadn't broken her truck because it, there was an accident and obviously she sustained injuries or sustained damage to the truck. But I got her name and information and made sure that she knew where I was going to contact um, the body shop guy. And it was interesting because the body shop guy was just a block away from where she lived. So I went to the body shop guy and I talked to him and I told him I wanted to repair this lady's truck and I knew that it wasn't our fault, but I just felt like it was the right thing to do. And um, the body shop guy's sister had died just a couple of weeks prior to that and I sang at his, at his sister's funeral. So we got to talking about that and, and um, what a nice lady she was and her impact on our community, you know, and he waxed a little uh, reminiscent of those times with her. And, and, but then he was like, I really hate it when people try to take advantage of, of, of you and everything and you're, you're doing such a good thing and, and all. And I said, yeah, but you know, sometimes it's just the right thing to do. You know, you just gotta do what is the right thing to do. And I wrote him a letter thanking him for, for repairing it. And he only charged me cost. He didn't charge me the full amount. And he got an aftermarket price and, and put it back on the lady's truck and everything. And, and I, I wrote him a letter thanking him for, even in his body shop business, being gracious enough and willing to help us help those that need help. And it, it just gave me a real good sense uh, of connection with him to, to reconnect and to kind of show him what life is all about, right. you know, is helping those that, that need help. So her inappropriate actions or behaviors put you in a conversation with a friend that needed some ministry and gave him an opportunity to hear from the Lord. And I think of that scripture, all things work together for good for right. those who love God and those who are called according to his purpose. And that was an example of that. Ministry's messy but it's worthwhile as we care for people. Pam, we want to thank you for uh, being with us today. And I'm sure you don't have all the help you can use when it comes to your work. You probably could use some more help every once in a while. Is that right? I really could. Volunteers are a jewel. Yeah. And um, our camaraderie among our volunteers has also been wonderful. And the change that I've seen in their attitudes towards those that are in need because when you see them face to face and they tell you how much they appreciate the food or appreciate the clothing that you're able to give to them or sell to them for a very low price, it really makes an impact on their lives. And they see that there is a lot of need out there and we can do a lot to help alleviate that struggle. So maybe we can give some people some great experiences of serving. And if you're interested in being a part of Pam's ministry, you can contact me at Louisiana Baptist Convention and we'll put you in touch with Pam and you'll have a great experience too. Thanks for watching today. I hope you've been encouraged and inspired and maybe even have started asking the question, what could I do in compassion ministry? As you hear from the Lord in that, I'm sure that God will give you great ideas to engage your community with the message of Jesus Christ.